Hello and welcome to the Genesis Audio Podcast. My name is Daryl Sluka and I will be reading chapter 23 today and sharing some thoughts on it. So let's get started. When Sarah was 127 years old, she died at Kiriath Arba, now called Hebron, in the land of Canaan. There Abraham mourned and wept for her. Then, leaving her body, he said to the Hittite elders, Here I am, a stranger and a foreigner among you. Please sell me a piece of land so I can give my wife a proper burial. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Listen, my lord, you are an honored prince among us. Choose the finest of our tombs and bury her there. No one here will refuse to help you in this way. Then Abraham bowed low before the Hittites and said, Since you are willing to help me in this way, be so kind as to ask Ephron, son of Zohar, to let me buy his cave at Machpelah down by the end of his field. I will pay the full price in the presence of witnesses, so I will have a permanent burial place for my family. Ephron was sitting there with the others, and he answered Abraham as the others listened, speaking publicly before all the Hittite elders of the of the town. No, my lord, he said to Abraham, please listen to me. I will give you the field and the cave. Here in the presence of my people, I give it to you. Go and bury your dead. Abraham again bowed low before the citizens of the land, and he replied to Ephron as everyone listened. No, listen to me. I will buy it from you. Let me pay the full price of the field so I can bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My lord, please listen to me. The land is worth 400 pieces of silver, but what is that between friends? Go ahead and bury your dead. So Abraham agreed to Ephron's price paid and paid the amount he suggested, 400 pieces of silver, weighed according to the market standard. The Hittite elders witnessed the transaction. So Abraham brought the plot, bought the plot of land belonging to Ephron at Machpelah near Mamre. This included the field itself, the cave that was in it, and all the surrounding trees. It was transferred to Abraham as his permanent possession to, uh, in the presence of the Hittite elders at the city gate. Then Abraham buried his wife, Sarah, there in Canaan, in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, also called Hebron. So the field and the cave were transferred from the Hittites to Abraham for use as a permanent burial place. So we've kind of been given a glimpse into Abraham's life over the last uh, 10 or 11 chapters, and we've noticed that he's done some good things and he's done some bad things. Obviously, one of the highlights, um, if you've been following along with the podcast, has been folks kind of confused as to why he insists on calling Sarah his sister instead of his wife when he goes to other nations. Um, and it's that's just kind of an odd thing that we can't quite wrapped our wrap our minds around and it kind of ends up questioning like the 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 content of abraham's character right like what kind of a person does this um we've also seen him be brave and rescue his um nephew lot from the uh the kings who kind of came in and conquered and plundered and and took what they wanted and abraham went out and and with his men and and rescued a lot and and the other members of the surrounding villages um we've seen abraham step up in faithfulness and obedience to god and what he's wanted him to do uh god has entered into covenant with abraham by this time he has promised abraham the land of canaan to his descendants he's promised to make abraham a great nation and that he will provide abraham wealth and descendants and kings and lineage and and a lot of really great grand awesome promises and then we've seen abraham and sarah 
go forward and try to bring that promise home on their own terms and thus we have Ishmael and Hagar and and that whole debacle but Abraham just prior to this chapter um you know he's he has his son Isaac God asked him to sacrifice his son but then he stayed Abraham's hand right at the last minute and said no I will provide and there's a lot of beautiful imagery there and so Sarah's death comes right on the heels of um the sacrifice of Isaac I'm not sure how much actual time has elapsed uh, between the two events, but here in Genesis, uh, the death of Sarah is the next big thing. And, you know, we Sarah's been a pretty main character thus far. Um, you know, she dies here, and it's her death is kind of almost almost an afterstatement like a, oh yeah and sarah died um so part of me thinks why didn't she get a little bit more screen time here you know why why is it kind of rushed over that she passed away and then we go immediately into abraham kind of negotiating with the the elders of the town as to where he can bury his dead and you know how much he's to pay for it but I think this this kind of interaction of this negotiation is something that that is really um, a great insight into who Abraham was and kind of what a faithful follower of God is supposed to do in his and her interactions with those around them. And so I kind of want to examine that a little bit more. So Abraham goes to the elders and says, hey, you know, I'm not one of you, I'm not a native, um, but would one of you be willing to sell me property so that I can bury my dead in a in a noble and respectful way? And their response is, oh, absolutely. No one's going to give you a hard time about that. In fact, you're actually one of the most well-respected and revered people in the land. You know, they they respond to him, uh, the Hittites replied to Abraham, Listen, my lord, you are an honored prince among us. So they have great respect for Abraham. They they see him as an honorable and noble and righteous person. And they're willing to, you know, to give him a place to bury his dead. But Abraham doesn't really want to just receive something for nothing. He insists on paying Ephron the wages that are due, you know, the, the appropriate appraised amount for this parcel of land. Um, and so finally, Ephron kind of spits out a number of the appraised value, and Abraham says, okay, done, sold, we'll, we'll settle on that price. And I think something that, that sticks out to me is that, that Abraham isn't, isn't willing to settle for being 80% righteous here. He's not willing to say, okay, uh, there are, I want to enter into, you know, good negotiations. I don't want to try to, I don't want to swindle anybody. Um, but, you know, ultimately, if it goes this way, it's, if it goes this way or that way, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too worried about it as long as I end up with what I want. That doesn't seem to be his, his approach. He's he's not okay with just kind of going 80% of the way above reproach. He wants to go 100% of the way above reproach. 
And so he just in, keeps insisting that he pays for this field. And that's something that, you know, as I think about in my life, when, when I'm engaging with people, whether at work or family or just even people I don't know very well, you know, how, you know, how am I being portrayed to them? The, the, the ways that I engage with them or negotiate or talk about something, what's, what's being portrayed? Is it, you know, is it that I'm someone who, um, desires to be above reproach? Do I communicate that, that I want to be, you know, a righteous person in pursuit of God? Or do I communicate that, yeah, I'd like to be righteous if the way of the righteous comes easily, but I'm also perfectly okay with, with taking what's, with taking what is available to me or what is neglected, perhaps, um, you know, so as long as I get mine, you know, I hope that it's the former. I hope that I'm, that I'm engaging with people in a way that is noble and upright and, and worthy of the transformation that God has done in my life. Um, and so I think that that's, that's what we see here in Abraham. He's, he's been transformed by God and, that level of transformation is flowing out of him. Um, and just, you know, this is a theme that kind of continually pops up throughout Scripture. You know, we see other instances in the Old Testament, like David. David does not capitalize on his ability to murder Saul or take Saul down. <clears throat> Instead, he says, nope, I'm not going to touch a hand to the Lord's anointed. I'm going to be above reproach. I'm not going to go in and try to take something that's not been given to me when it's been given to me. Um, and later on in the New Testament, Jesus has some specific teachings on this. You know, I think of the passage of salt and light in Matthew 5, where Jesus says, you know, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a cover so that no one can see it. You want the lamp to to shine brightly and boldly in the presence of others. And he says, let your light shine boldly in the presence of others so that people are pointed back to your heavenly father. Um, and then a little bit further on in the New Testament, Paul is writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy and kind of giving a description of the type of people that Timothy should be looking for to be um, leaders in the church. And Paul says, you know, we want someone who is, who has a good reputation amongst people who are outside of the church. You know, so this idea of having a reputation that kind of goes before you as someone who is honest, has integrity, and make sure you go, make sure that you are intentional and deliberate in not taking advantage of others. Um, even when others are trying to be generous to you. I think that those are all things that, that God desires for his people. And especially like the longer that you're pursuing God and the more earnestly you're seeking him, I think that those traits begin to flow out of you as he continues to transform your life. So I think that these, you know, these few passages here, these through these few verses in Genesis 23, um, Give us a really good example of what that looks like. You know, the the Hittites here are, are trying to be generous with Abraham and they respect him. 
But even so, he is saying, nope, I, I don't want to even make it seem like I might be taking advantage of you. I want to make sure that, you know, even though we get along well and that we're friends and that the sum of money isn't a great deal, it's not a very large sum, I still want to go about this through a way of integrity so that no one can, you know, 50 years down the road can say, well, you know, Abraham has what he has because he took advantage of so-and-so. And I think that's something that we're, that we're also called to, um, to match and to, to continue living that out in our lives as well. So let me wrap us up in a word of prayer here. Father, thank you so much for your, for your word and just the ability to read it, to glean from it, to um, sharpen one another through it, and for us to have the opportunity to receive your transformation and then to um, reveal that transformation to our loved ones and to the outside world as a testimony of the work that you've done within us because of who you are. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for this podcast and just the chance to get into your word and communicate its meaning. And I just ask that as we continue to move through the rest of the book, that you will soften the hearts and minds of everybody, uh, both doing the recordings and also uh, whoever is listening, that they'll be softened to your word and that they'll be transformed by what you want to do in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.